0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Something, something about the blood, the blood that began to flow at the very first sacrifice in the book of Genesis when an innocent animal gave its life to cover Adam and Eve, all the way to Revelation, amen, the blood, the blood, the blood, we need the blood to touch our heart today, amen, i want to ask you to stand if you will, we are very honored this morning to have brother and sister Feld with us, and uh, appreciate their life, their ministry, their friendship, and uh, the impact that they are having on the churches and our fellowship, preaching, ministering the gospel to them, and not only are they traveling as full-time evangelists, but recently Brother Phil was appointed as our North American Mission Secretary for the state of Florida, and he has been serving on the, on the the as a Section 8, I think it was Section 8 Director, for several years, and we're honored to have him to be a part of this effort, and so I'm sure he can speak to our heart today about... What Christmas for Christ actually does, and that's not his message this morning, I do guess, but, that's, but what it actually does in the real world to touch the impact in the lives, not just of people around our fellowship, out of reach, out of touch, that we will never meet or shake their hand, but right here in our own district. I'm thankful for our North American missions. Let's make them welcome. Would you do that, Brother Phil? Come take your leave.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody good to be back in the house of the Lord here and worship with you, amen. We, uh, Tammy and I are so delighted to be with Pastor and Sister Boyd again. <clears throat> we count their friendship dear and um, the words, the many words they speak into our lives as uh, <clears throat> traveling evangelists, as people working in the district trying to, as best we can, accomplish something in the Holy Ghost it's always nice to have people that have already been down a path that you can rub shoulders with and speak with that can encourage you and help you avoid some pitfalls. Amen. And you know what? That's, that's what a pastor is to you here in this local assembly. A man of God, ordained of God. You're going to be hard-pressed in this world to find anything more powerful than a man sent from God. And that's what John was, a man sent from God. Amen. Thank God for our leadership. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. We appreciate them. It is our distinct honor and privilege to be among you again and to worship with you. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the book of John, the 20th chapter. the Gospel according to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four first uh, four books of the New Testament, which was still under the law, priest and temple and blood and animals. But it is put in the New Testament in its writings and it's four writers that are writing about the same gospel. It's only one gospel. These writers are coming from different angles, some giving us a little more insight to a particular story, someone would say there were people that were with Jesus. Another would come and write the same thing, but he'd tell you the names of the people that were with Jesus. I'm thankful for insight. Whether the Lord had it written in scripture, very plain like I just mentioned, or he brings it to light by revelation, through prayer, through Bible study and through listening to the teaching and preaching of your leadership, I believe that at all times we need to have an ear to hear what the Spirit, amen, is saying to the church. The Spirit is always, the Spirit of God is always talking to the church. We have to tune our ears to hear what the Lord is saying. Even in this difficult 21st century that we live in, God is talking to the church. And whatever your particular individual struggle or your family is struggling with or this local community is struggling with, that God is still speaking to the church, to those that will hear. And we have to take heed how we hear or pay attention to how we hear that we might receive the word of God. The Bible says, to them, everybody heard him, but to them that received him, to them, just a group of people, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Everybody heard the word, but only some received him as the Messiah. They that did went on to greater things. They that did not, it stopped right there. Went to church, had a good time, left, and I've been there and done that. And that's all their experience is but to those that will linger, those that will accept the truths that God will drop into your life. Amen. Your life will forever be changed for the good. Amen. That was sermon number one. John the 20th chapter. If you would turn there, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark. This is Mary who had seven devils cast out of her unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. She's very distraught because where she last knew he was, he no longer was. When she got there, she didn't even go in. She saw the stone rolled away and she ran to get Peter and John and said, what's going on? I went back where I last saw him and I can't find him. Peter therefore went forth, that other disciple, and came with the other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together. The other disciple did outrun Peter, came first to the sepulcher and stooping down and looking in. Mary saw the stone rolled away and left. John looks down in the sepulcher, looks, stoops and looks, but doesn't go in, sees the clothes lying there, and did not go in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, went into the sepulcher. He's the only one that went in. Seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head lying not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. Everybody say, he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you have done already in this place. You know our hearts and our minds, our lives, our families, our job situation, our financial situation, our spiritual situation. All things are before you as in the noonday sun. Nothing is hid from you. I pray that you speak to us and minister to us, dealing with us according to our lives, that you might help us, change us a little more into your likeness. We will not fail to give you all of the praise and the glory and the honor that you so rightfully deserve. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today or we wouldn't have anybody to preach to. I love the way that God thinks. It's mesmerizing. It's amazing. It's beyond the thinking of any scientist or any professor, any political mind, anybody from Hollywood or Nashville most certainly the way that God thinks and the level that God thinks on. Religion is man's vain attempt to find God. That men in their carnal minds or natural minds have decided to take a spiritual book and they not, don't even have revelation that it is a spiritual book and they want to take that which is written from heaven. For holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. We know that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable unto them that hear it. The Bible teaches us about the writings of the Lord. He told him in one place, he said, your forefathers ate manna in the wilderness and their carcasses fell in the wilderness. But I'm that true or living bread that cometh down from heaven. Everything to do with God is spiritual. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. And anybody that's gonna worship him has to worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Whenever we try in our natural state to operate in what should be spiritual things, we most certainly lose the battle. Seven sons of a priest named Siva had heard in some apostolic, if you'll let me say it that way, revival meeting. They had attended and heard and seen the move of God through the apostle Paul. And a day came when they came upon a man, a single man, singular meaning by himself, but this man was full of the devil. And the Bible says that they decided to repeat what they had heard. And they said in the name of the one that Paul preacheth, we adjure thee or we command thee to come out. And the spirit did not come out, but spoke up with a voice and said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? Stripped them of their clothing, Beat them to a bloody pulp and sent them home. They had been to a meeting, had seen the operation of the Holy Ghost, but never got in the Spirit and attempted to mimic what they had seen and what they had heard. It's not enough to repeat the Bible, it's not enough to own a Bible, it's not enough to attend a building, it's not enough to have a family member in the church. You have got to get in to this for yourself. You cannot just view it from afar. You cannot abstractly serve God. You must get into Christ and become a new creature. And anybody that gets into Christ is going to do exploits, powerful and mighty things not according to their fingers and their hands and their intellect and their looks, and no. But the Bible says that individuals that do serve their God properly will do exploits, will be mighty, but he said you can do exceeding, abundantly and above all that he ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. When you and I get the Holy Ghost, we get it by measure. It's a down payment, Paul called it, the earnest of our inheritance. It's like a down payment on your house. It's not everything, it's just a percentage of it. That's why it's never entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for him. And the Holy Ghost is so great we can't stand it. Where's the body out? Where's the mind out? blows our mind, does it not? the things that he can do. And we've only got his spirit by measure. Can you imagine? Somebody said, well, when I get there, I'm going to dance and shout and rejoice around his throne. Not at first. If you read Revelation, John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. It was beyond my abilities. He was so awesome. One of the biggest problems with us, and meaning universally, is that we think we've got it all. You don't get it all at Acts 2.38. You got in the door at Acts 2.38. But the kingdom of God and the blessings of God and the wisdom of God is without boundaries. Revelation from God is not, I got it when I got the Holy Ghost. You got some of it. But every day he can show you another piece of himself and another level of the depth of the word of God. That's why you can never get bored with God if you stay in the spirit. Well, I've been going to to Hatch Bend Apostolic Church for all my life and I kind of know what's going to happen on any given Sunday at somebody that's not really understanding that God is bigger than just any Sunday. And you, you want to be where he is because you don't want to miss anything that he's going to do in the midst of his people. You know what I love about God? You never, never is he mundane. You never know what God's going to do and from what direction God is going to move. He will blow your mind and you'll be like Mary and try to go back where you last saw him and he is not there. What? I prayed today like I prayed yesterday but I can't find him. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. I went to church this week like I went last week. I sat in the same seat. I gave the same offering, the same tithe. We sang the same song. We clapped to the same beat. We, We did everything exactly as we always do it. Listen to me. When we do that, we are doing an outline of a service looking for the channel that the Holy Ghost is flowing in. And when you find that troubled water, you have got to get in and yield yourself to what God is doing. God, I'm going to clap and I'm going to sing and I'm going to give and I'm going to testify and lift my hands until I find that spout where the glory is coming out because I need. Woo. Some people believe that when you get in the church and you get born again of water and spirit, that's how you get in the church. That uh, you know, it's it's just kind of settle down and drift along, and you don't really have to do anything else. And because you are in, but that's not biblical. Do you know there's more written in the New Testament? There's more written, which starts in the Book of Acts and goes to include Revelation. There is more writing on how to stay saved than there is on how to get saved. To get saved is the easy part. To stay saved is the hard part. Anybody whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You call on the name of Jesus at an altar of repentance he'll forgive your sin and you call on His name in watery grave of baptism and he'll remiss your sin. you call on His name, He'll fill you with His spirit. Anybody call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, but not just any and everybody gets to stay saved. You have to choose every day to stay saved. If you're lackluster, if you let it go, if you just want to look in but not go in, if you just want to be somebody that's in the crowd but never gets to touch the hem of his garment, then you will stay where you have been. But if you want to go further in God, there is more to God than you could ever obtain. He is deeper than you could ever go. He is higher than you could ever climb. Woo! Woo! Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. The disciples talked with him. They ate with him. They spent the night with him. They they, they, they walked with him from town to town. They ministered with him. They, they had further explanation of parables that he would give to crowds that their minds couldn't even comprehend what he was saying or how to apply it to the spirit. Some of that he would interpret to a smaller crowd of 12 others. He would break it down to three, Peter, James, and John, Mount Transfiguration. He would give them even further insight that, listen, there are realms to God. There are levels to God, and He can take you. Don't be satisfied with I'm in the shallow, I'm into the regular. Thank God you're in the church, but I'm looking for a new experience. I'm looking to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just a little Bible study today. We come to the house of God, people say, Well, uh, I've seen it. It happened happen to the disciples. You can get to where you're comfortable around him. It's no big deal, whatever. He's, he's a healer. He's a miracle worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen all that. It's great wonderful. And if we, get, if we get lazy in our relationship with God like that, we can find ourselves to a point of cursing and denying that we've ever known him. Because the reason the disciples got to that point is because they had gotten used to only one type of church. And when the church service changed and their leader was in handcuffs... And he didn't strike anybody. He didn't rebuke anybody. And he didn't let angels come from heaven and deliver him. He allowed himself to be arrested. And see, we take stuff like that as a weakness. You are weak. You can't be my my Messiah. You can't be the leader of your people. You're weak. You allowed yourself. Understand. He allowed himself to be arrested for our sakes. He allowed himself to be misused and aligned, misaligned. He allowed himself to be beaten and struck and spit upon for our. sakes not for his sake he did everything he did that you and I might have eternal life somebody shout hallelujah what he did he did for us disciples who had been going to church where the miracles were happening, the blind were seeing, I mean those are exciting services and the wheelchairs were empty and the crutches were left at the altar, these were great and powerful and awesome services and 5,000 are being fed and 4,000 are being fed What a sack lunch And we get used to that. And then he throws us a curveball because he goes a whole other direction and does something that we didn't expect and we don't really understand and comprehend. And we say, God, why is this happening in my life? You know as well as I do. When the suffering comes, I cry like a baby. Beg and plead, God, take it away. Take the cup from me. You're a weak man. Well, then I'm in the same category as Jesus because he said, Father, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink from this cup. I don't want to go through any proving grounds. I just want to keep raising the dead and opening blind eyes and unstopping deaf ears. But we need both sides of the spectrum. We need the valley as much as the mountaintop. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm convinced through reading the Bible that everything God has us do has future meaning and purpose, what we're doing now in the present. For instance, the Lord told Moses, said, you strike that rock and I'll bring water enough to feed all the cattle and all the people and restore their strength and nobody's going to die of dehydration out here and... The Bible says that the people pressed upon him with their murmuring, their complaining until they frustrated him as a leader and he got so frustrated that he struck the rock multiple times and the Lord said because you've disobeyed my voice now you will see the promised land but you will never go into the promised land. Every time I teach that in a Bible study to people that don't yet have revelation they're amazed. He's a hard God. He's a difficult God. The disciples said who then can be saved? You're so difficult. You, you got to have just a little more of an open heart and open mind. Listen, th- th- he was trying to get Moses to understand what I'm telling you to do right now has meaning in the New Covenant and the New Testament because Paul said Jesus is that spiritual rock that they all drank from and he was only smitten one time. He wasn't beat upon. He wasn't smitten three times. He died once for the sin of mankind. He's the perfect lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world and how you treat this rock is symbolic of how he'll be treated in the New Testament. So I need you to do exactly what I say. Somebody shout hallelujah. Don't fight the hand of God and what he's currently doing in your life. You may not be in a service today of miracles and signs and wonders. You might be at a grave wondering where God is. But know this, there is purpose to every level of God and the direction of God in your life. Clap your hands and give him praise. if we're not careful, it can become a problem to us that this is not my scene. This is not the service I like. And we have people that look for church services like they look for a community to live in or a school for their kids and they're looking for their favorite food at the cafeteria and they're looking for their favorite neighborhood and their favorite yard and the favorite this and the favorite that and, and, and getting away from just where does God want me to be? For we are the planting of the Lord and the Lord said, you bloom where I plant you. I wish I had time to preach on that but real quick, 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 I'll tell you this, if you're not where God wants you to be, you cannot bloom. I don't want to step on any toes. Holy Ghost, keep us nice and pretty today. God said, I'll plant you in the palm of my hand, and no man shall pluck you out. There is no man, there is no spirit that can get through the fingers of God I said amen the best place to be in life is in the perfect will of God even if right now the will of God is a cross or a tomb and sorrow and I'm not seeing what I'm used to seeing Mary evidently had even gotten comfortable with the fact that he was dead. She brought spices to anoint a body that she would keep from stink as long as she could and she wanted to just sit there and mourn for him and and, and remember the times and look at a, a stiff body lying in a sepulcher. That's what she went there for and the other women with her. They had bought many spices and ointment and they were there. They had already accepted this is where he is. This is how he is. We watched him die. The scripture had not yet been revealed unto them that he would rise on the third day. We need continual revelation from God. Or wherever we stop getting revelation, we will just learn to accept and settle, this is how it shall always be. But if you can let God reveal more to you, there is another side to what you're going through. Yes, there's a Calvary. Yes, there's a death and it's bloody. Yes, there is a tomb and it doesn't look good. But there is a resurrection. You don't just repent. You don't just get baptized. You do get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't leave you in death. He resurrects you in a new life. And I've seen people say, oh, I've been down to that church and, you know, we had we had some good services, but... Uh... You know, it's just, it's not, it's not all that. You have to stick around to see the end of God. If you read just a little bit of Job's story, you'll read God's a rotten God. But if you read the end of God, you see how he is pitiful and of tender mercy, and he is going to help you in the end. Somebody shout Hallelujah people that only read uh, you know somebody said one time if you if you were in moses day in pharaoh's court when he threw his stick down and he was so proud that it became a serpent the second time because he'd already done it uh with the lord in front of the burning bush and so he did it again and he man he you know he had to be excited he dropped a stick and it became a slithering serpent and yet his his faith was zapped when the magicians of egypt came and dropped their rods and they became serpents And I heard a preacher say one time, if you'd have come in five minutes late and left five minutes early, you wouldn't know whose snake was whose. You you have got to stay for the whole thing. You cannot quit in your trial and say God doesn't care. And the enemy's doing what God's doing. Look, the enemy matched what God was doing for the first few times in Egypt, in the Bible. And that's the world, what Egypt is. It represents the world. But if you will stick with the church, if... By the help of the Holy Ghost, I, I just want to deliver a word from God. But they did not instantaneously drown in Noah's day. They did go to higher ground for a while. They did bob their heads above water for a while. They did cling to debris for a while. We're making it like he's making it in the boat. We're holding on to the outside of the boat. We 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 we've got uh, floating devices. We've got, but you got to understand. It kept rising. It kept raining until the highest point was twenty-two foot underwater. The highest point on Earth was underwater twenty-two foot, and the waters rained. And the subsiding did not come anywhere from 150 to 300 days. Depends who you study out, whatever. It was a lot of days. And the point is this, that when God instructs us to build, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Noah being warned of God is things that to come. They've never come, but they're coming. Bible said he was moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Well, I, you know, Other people are doing worldly things and they seem to be making as much as church people are making it. Listen to me, the times are getting more evil. If you read, you see, people say, "Well, there's already been. It's already been, you know, just as bad as it's going to get." No, and as a matter of fact, listen to me. We have already made the turn, and we're headed right back to connect to them in Sodom and Gomorrah's day, and in the days of Noah. For the Bible said Jesus talking as it was in the days of Noah. Solomon said, "There's no new thing under the sun. Everything that can happen has happened." You need to know some things about this. We're not even as evil as openly evil as they were in Sodom and. Gomorrah. But it is coming. But I want you to know this. God said, I will save them if there be ten righteous. I know how to walk in a city. I know how to come to earth. I know how to deliver. Let not your hearts be troubled. Do not be soon shaken in your mind that God knew the time. Some people read the Bible in our text and say, He died. He was buried. It's nasty. It wasn't good. Listen to me. I'm thankful He knew how to die. He knew how to be buried. He knew how to do the will of the Father. We need more people that say, Not my will, but Thou will be done. When it doesn't look good, when it's not the most popular. You know, the Bible says in our text, if I get just a little monitor, the Bible says in our, thank you, the Bible says in our text that every man went to his own house. Do you know that several times in the New Testament when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane in prayer, disciples' eyelids were heavy with sleep. They couldn't even stay awake to pray with him and they were not prepared for what was coming. And one of their brethren walked in full of the devil for when he had left the Last Supper, the devil entered into him there's being influenced by spirits and dominated by spirits or inhabited by unclean spirits. And he came in and he kissed him on the cheek, hail master and betrayed him and gave him over to the hands of wicked men. and, And they came at him with chains and staves and knives and, The disciples were not ready, those 11 that remained with him. And the Bible says that after they arrested Jesus and he allowed himself to be arrested, he had put the ear back on the man's head and perfect hearing and restored the man and said, put away thy sword. If you live by the sword, you'll die. He was doing so many things in moment, I mean just so quickly, that was blowing the disciples' mind. What? That's not right. You told us to bring the swords and now I use the sword and you tell me to put the sword away. I'm trying to kill your enemy and you're healing your enemy. He had entered into a a realm and a domain and he was preaching and doing things like he had never done before and they didn't know what to do with it. And the Bible says after Jesus' arrest that every man went to his own house. Every disciple scattered and went to his own place. Can I tell you, we have to make sure that our relationship with God does not ever get to a place that when he does something I don't like, I just go back to where I came from. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says about the parable the sower, the seed, he said some of them, when the seed hits their life, they get full of joy. They're excited. They run the aisles. They're talking in tongues. They love it, he said, but when persecution ariseth, watch it, because of my word... They have no depth in themselves, no root in themselves, and they perish and they go away. Listen to me, we cannot be a flash in the pan. We cannot be a dancing chicken. We cannot be somebody that as long as it's heated up like I like it, you've got to feel this thing. You've got to know that if God don't do another thing for me, I've got a revelation of who he is. I'm not living based on the job he gave me. I'm not living based on the money in the bank. I'm living on revelation. Woo! Let me, let me say it this way. Matthew 16, 18, the Bible says, the Lord speaking, he said, thou art Peter, because he just asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Or he asked the disciples, and then he said to them, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, flesh and blood. You're blessed, Barjona. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, that's spiritual, Revelation that's come to you. My Father, the Spirit which is in heaven hath given you that revelation. And upon this rock of revelation I will build my church. We need to start building our lives on what the Lord's building the church on. Build it on the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Don't raise it on Hollywood. Don't raise it on Nashville. Don't raise it on... There's nothing better for God to build his church on than the revelation of who he is. And there's nothing better for us to build our lives on than the revelation. You know, history records, some history records, that the apostle Paul who was Saul of Tarsus, the Bible says, or the history records some of it that he was a very wise man the Bible tells you why he sat at the feet of Camille we know that but history declares some of it does that he spoke some 32 different languages now, whether he spoke 2 or 10 or 32 it didn't make a difference that's a lot of languages he's a smart man educated money political power Go waste the church and nobody arrest him and fight him about it. He was, he was breathing out threatening and slaughter against the church and the preacher didn't even want to go pray for him. His reputation had preceded him. I know what he's done in other cities to your church. Mm-hmm. See, that's our problem is we lose faith when God seemingly is letting the enemy win. Israel said in the Old Testament, remember where it was at, Israel said in the Old Testament, said thou broughtest us into the net. You caused our enemies to ride over our head or have dominion over us, but then you brought us out into a wealthy place. You caused some things to happen in our lives and and, and we were greedy and we were upset, we weren't happy about it, but in the end result, you brought us out into a wealthy place. Let me explain something because our, our faith wavers in, in these moments in time where we, we're grieving rather than rejoicing. And we have legitimate grief. I'm not complaining here and saying that we don't have time. We do have time. She went and saw and was upset about what she saw. This does happen to us disciples ran each other out each other got down there looked in another went in then the other joined him and oh he's not here where is he we have lost him two on the road to Emmaus the more they walked together talked together the Bible said the sadder they became so eat up with grief that Jesus joined himself to them and they didn't even know him and thought he was a stranger in the land and he was the risen Christ We miss a lot of miracles in our lives because we're so caught up in our right now difficulties that we don't even realize he has joined himself to us. And a miracle is being worked on our behalf. I travel, I preach and I, I look at people that are looking at me like you're looking at me right now and, and it's hard, I feel like Moses sometime that went back to Egypt, walked up to the edge of the mud pit and said, the Lord hath sent me and told Pharaoh, let my people go and the Bible said they believed him not you silly man you abandoned us 40 years ago and ran away to save your own life and you left us here and we've died in the mud pits and we've got sores on our backs and our daughters are married off to Egyptian men and we have no voice in the court system and and, and we're being ill treated here and it's been 400 years of affliction and what's going on but when God brought them out by the hand of Moses who's a type of Christ the Bible said they came out rejoicing they came out with not one feeble person among them Quoting King James, they were not weak, they weren't dragging a leg, they didn't have a hip that wouldn't operate. When God brings you out, you come out with a shout. You come. I'm trying to preach to somebody here today. Don't serve God looking at your stopwatch. You ever read the New Testament? Behold, I come quickly. You ever heard somebody or maybe you thought it or said it yourself, that's all right, and said, Behold, I come quickly. I've been, I've been around for 70 years or however old you are, and, and I've been in the church for 35, and, and, and the Lord hasn't come yet. What do you mean quickly? His quickly has got to be different than my quickly. But see, that's not what he meant by I come quickly. What he meant by I come quickly, when the fullness of time comes and it's time for the first resurrection, it will be in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. It will be quick. There will be no slow motion floating up in the air. One bat of an eye. You were here and now you're changed into a glorified body. Call up together with him and so shall we ever be. And God can leave you in the furnace, leave you in the place you are until the last split moment. But when he brings you out, it will be so fast it will blow your mind and everybody around you. What? Listen. Saul of Tarshish, I told you, his repetition preceded himself and they, nobody wanted to pray with him or be around him. And the Bible says he goes to the street called Straight. Ananias finally shows up, prays for him, calls him Brother Saul. Why tarriest thou rise and be baptized? calling on the name of the Lord. And he did. As it were, scales fell from his eyes. He was full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And he went out the door and started preaching the gospel. <laughs> really? Really? No school of the prophets? <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? One moment And then the next moment, I'll give you another example. He's on the cross. He's got thieves on either side of him. They deserve to be there. And everybody walking by him is wagging their head, the King James Version says. And And the thieves on either side are casting it in his teeth. And they're saying with a wagged head, they're saying others he saved, himself he cannot save. Come off the cross, Jesus, and we'll believe you're the Messiah. But he would not come off the cross. And the Bible says, hanging there on that cross, excruciating pain, grabbing grasping for his next breath, on way to physical death, and spirit would leave the body, and and, and, and he's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Spirit, where are you going? The Bible says that one of the thieves, having cast it in his teeth, had a change of heart and said, sir, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And the Lord said, today. Shalt thou be with me in paradise. One moment he's cursing him. The next moment he's walking through some pearly gates. You hear what I'm telling you? That God can move quickly in your life and deliver you from bondage and shame and guilt. I'm telling you, we're dealing with a God who has a gospel that can move quicker than your sin. Where sin did abound, grace doth much more abound. Whatever the devil can do, God can do it better. God can move quicker. That's why the writer said, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and go to the uttermost part of the ocean, when I get there, God is already there. And because God fills all space and time. say I'm waiting on God not waiting on God when the fullness of time comes Daniel almost sent an angel and shut the mouth of the lion but you're going to spend the night in there you know why Daniel made it I'm getting ready close you know why Daniel made it Daniel made it because the Bible says he had an excellent spirit and when he heard that his co-workers that's how you have to read what happened there his co-workers hated on him turned on him Convince the boss and now Daniel is facing a signed decree from a king he can't even reverse his own word anybody's praying and talking to anybody besides the king petitioning then he's going to be fed to the den of hungry lions and the Bible says if you read King James when Daniel knew the decree was signed he went into his house his window was open it was already open. He'd been praying so much in the door, windows open east towards Jerusalem, that holy city of God. Bible said he went in, the windows opened, and he did as he had aforetime. He prayed like he'd been praying. You can't let what the enemy's doing in their camp change what you've been doing in your lifestyle and your prayer meeting. You can't even get down to the graveside of the Lord and allow what you see to change your faith and your attitude towards him. And you show up at church and it seems empty and the words are not right and the preaching didn't hit me right. And I don't know if I can make it. You cannot let tried times change what you know about God. This is not act on your feeling. This is walk by faith. I know that God, my Redeemer, liveth. And the bills are piling up. And the money's not piling up. But I know that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Church people struggle. Church people face things and go through things. We're the number one on the enemy's hit list. He don't like us came not but for to kill, still and destroy, but he easily kills, still and destroy in the world. They have no power against him. But you and I have power and authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions. We drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We've got power from Almighty God. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. But our biggest struggle is controlling our mind, our emotions, I don't feel like I'm going to make it preacher I gave it a good shot I gave it a good run but all the sand slipped through the hourglass and it's just not going to work out for me listen to me the same God that brought you out knows how to keep you out but you have to keep listening to him like you initially listened to him you know how you got saved and you know how I got saved because when we got preached what the word said we did what the word said we repented we got baptized in Jesus name and we received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the spirit of God gave us the utterance or the ability to do so nobody not God didn't call us away from that we still got to be led of the spirit God I'm not leaning to my own understanding so we got people in our text we got people just like that in the 21st century we got people that see and run away we got people that come near, look through the door, but don't come in. But you know, the Bible went further and said when they disciples, went every man to his own house, Mary stayed and weeping. In her weeping, she stooped and she looked in again. And guess what she saw that never did not see it before? This time she saw two men whose garments were glistering. And they said, what are you doing here? Why seek you the living among the dead? She said, oh, I'm looking for my Savior. They buried him here and I can't find him. And the Bible says she's weeping. She turns and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't know it's Jesus. And she calls him a gardener. How mixed can our emotions get? That our sight is thrown off, our discernment is gone. And we perceive that Jesus is a gardener. Sir, I'm not angry with you. Just tell me where you've taken and laid him and you've moved his grave and I'll go and be with him and I'll leave you alone. But then Jesus said, Mary. And the Bible said when he called her name, she wheeled around and said, "Rabboni," which is master. Something about that voice. She didn't recognize him because he was in a glorified body. He even told her, you can't touch me, i have not yet ascended to the Father. He went through the wall and talked to the disciples and they were afraid and said, it's a spirit. He said, touch me, handle me and see, I'm not a spirit, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone. I'm not a spirit, I'm in a glorified body. It gives us a glimpse of the body we will get when we're resurrected in that first resurrection. He said flesh and bone, not flesh and blood. There's no blood in that glorified body. He just appeared in a room. He's showing us what it's gonna be like where we are going. I'm telling you, we don't know much about it, but what we do know about it, it's worth every tear, it's worth every trial, it's worth every hardship. And Mary said, you don't look like what I knew you to look like. I don't even recognize you, but she knew that voice. She knew that voice. Can nobody call your name like he can call your name and it brings peace to your life. And I believe with all my heart when he called her name and she wheeled around and said, "Raboni," everything that was out of joint in her life snapped into place and every foggy thing become clear in her mind. I know that voice. But our problem is We have the strength to last three days without him. I don't see him. I'm at Sabbath. I can't even go down there. It's too far to travel. Three days they couldn't make it. He made it three days in hell, preaching to souls held captive. Resurrected that body three days later. Glorified body. But they couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. We need God to get saved. We need God to stay saved. And we need God to take us to glory. Paul said what you've begun in the spirit you cannot perfect in the flesh. You cannot. Well, he he brought me in, but now I can take it from here, God. That ain't the way it works. We need Him to keep His hand on our seat while we ride that bicycle. We need the voice of God in our lives. We need God helping us because without it, friend, we're going to run to our own comfortable places. And they disbanded and they left, and we're in a church. And I'm telling you, if we don't have the Spirit of God, we're no different than any denominational gathering of anybody anywhere. It is the Spirit of God that gives us distinct difference that God is in our midst. Israel was no different than the Philistines except when that ark came in their midst. There was a joy, there was a strength that come among them. It's not who they were, it's who he was that come among them. There is no good thing in the flesh, but that spirit that dwells in my body is a great and a holy spirit. Would you stand with me? I don't want to raise my family without God. I don't want to go to church without God. I don't want to attempt at any spiritual thing without Him. There's fear that grips our hearts. You could bow your head and close your eyes. There's fear that would grip your heart from time to time. That's why He said, don't let your heart be troubled you got to have control of it. Paul said every man ought to be in control of his own vessel. Paul said I keep under my body. That means I discipline it. To stay in subjection to the things of God. Because if any part of me slips out from under that blood. And like a dog to his vomit I go back. The yoke of bondage that God delivered me from. And uh, maybe it's been a few days since you've experienced the presence of God but I'm asking you don't take that as a sign to leave and go to your own place you need to be like Mary and linger for a little while and look again seven times the servant was told of the prophet go up on the mountain and look and tell me what you see three and a half year drought on the seventh time he came back and said I see the cloud the size of a man's hand you got to keep going and looking until you see what you've been praying for and at the slightest glimpse nobody calls for the end of a drought When they see the cloud the size of a man's hand. That's all the prophet needed. To give him hope. He said arise and tell the king to get off the mountain. For I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Small cloud the size of a man's hand. Does not equal abundance of rain. Except you attach your faith to it. That's why the Syrophoenician woman said truth Lord I am a dog but even the dogs deserve the crumbs that fall from the children's table or fall from the table. She knew and had faith there is enough power in a crumb that falls from your table. I don't need everything you've got God. Just give me a crumb. Just give me a touch. If I but touch the hem of his garment I shall be made whole. Whole. If you feel that way today, I invite you to come to this altar. I've lost sight of him. My faith has been attacked. I'm in fear and worry and doubt and unbelief. You don't want to tell your spouse, your kids, but the Holy Ghost has reached beyond your walls. And I pray you would respond today doesn't make you a bad person makes you a wise person I perceive I'm in desperate times I'm looking at empty grave Jesus is not where I need him to be I got to shift gears with him. He's went to the next phase of his plan. I got to be able to move with him. I can't stay here and worship at a sepulcher with a dead body. I've got to move on to a resurrection. I can't come to the Red Sea and die here. I got to believe God depart that Red Sea. Oh, Jesus. I pray for some souls today that the enemy has thwarted their minds. pray Lord we've heard the call of your spirit that man is not in charge of this the White House and Congress is not in charge there's one king on the throne the Antichrist spirits are not in charge Uh, oh Almighty God I may be in a mud pit in difficult times but you still know how to send a preacher one man to deliver 1.3 million people God doesn't need an army Remove the scales from our eyes that we can see you're not the gardener. You are Almighty God. Show us what you showed, John. I saw a throne and one that sat upon the throne. Uh, oh, Jesus. There's a deep move of God in this church today. I pray you would respond for your own sake. (laughs) Wake us up in the Spirit, God. Wake us up in the Spirit, God. Talk negatively, and there's more of the enemy than there is of us. I pray those eyes be open today to see fiery chariots and horses and angels, and that there's more that be for us than be against us. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Take a moment and pray right where you are. Hallelujah. Things of the world may be against you, but God is for you. Even in what seems to be times of defeat, God is working. He worked in heaven, he worked on the earth, and he worked in hell. God knows how to work wherever you are. If you will allow him to. Hallelujah. He that hung the sun, the moon, the stars. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has walked into this room. There is nothing he will not heal. No one he will not deliver that receives of him. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to just look. I want to look again. Let me see what I didn't see before. Let me know what I've not yet known. Reveal unto me. Oh, Jesus, as they sing, there's still room at the altar. You can come. Or you can pray where you are. That's fine. But I think it'd be good for all of us to be in a mode of prayer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic.